Welcome back, everybody. Dan Bickley, Howard Balls are joined by the one, the only, KO, Kellen Olson. Covers the Suns for Arizona Sports. Does a great job doing it. What's up, Kellen? How are you? Hey, hello. Hello. Hey. <laughs> All right, let's jump right into it. A month without Devin Booker. until uh, That's only until he's reevaluated. Sketch out what this sounds and means to you and to this basketball team. I think it means that they're just going to have to really try and tread water here over the next month. And I know that uh, a lot of the fan base wants to see them make a move right now. And, and sort of address a lot of the roster concerns that we've been talking about over the last six months and, and on. But I think that right now, I, I, you're most likely not going to see that. It's just going to be more about them treading water. I think the, the the two most important things right now are the return of campaign and the return of Cam Johnson from injury. Uh, from what James Jones said yesterday, it sounds like campaign is closer than Cam Johnson. Both of them are traveling with the team right now. That is certainly a good sign. But campaign is one of the few guys on the team that provides constant rim pressure. He constantly pressures the defense off the dribble and then Cam Johnson for those eight games that we saw him in the starting lineup they were obliterating teams now Devin Booker might not be a part of that when Cam Johnson returns but we saw the sort of offensive boost that he could provide the team so I think those two guys and when they come back are the keys in this if those if both of those guys still miss another week and a half two weeks here that's when you start to really worry about the trouble the team is in because the timing of this could not be worse they are in the middle of their roughest part of the schedule 10 of their 12 on the road, and a lot of those are against either playoff teams or teams that you would expect uh, to be in the playoff hunt. They're just really going to have to try and tread water right here and try and play 500 basketball. Yeah, that's. But, but there, there is a hope that, as you said, campaign is closer to coming coming back than, than Johnson, but there is a hope that both will be back and Johnson will be back in this time that Booker will be out. You would hope, yeah. We do not get much clarity on in terms of injuries. I mean, the uh, Burns and Gambo show just straight up asked James Jones about both of the guys yesterday and then didn't get much of an answer. That was the closest that they got was the, the pain coming back closer than Johnson. Johnson's timeline would seem to indicate that somewhere within the next two to three weeks here is pretty reasonable, and I would assume that pain is somewhere in the same margins. Whenever you see guys out on the court before the game doing their individual work, that's a good sign that they're at least progressing in the, in the right state steps and we've seen both of them out there in the last couple of games but yeah a campaign in general is someone that they, they really need back Dwayne Washington Jr. was awesome two games ago but mm-hmm. you guys saw last night when the train kind of fell off the tracks a bit it was as soon as Chris Ball came off the floor and yeah. that's the type of thing where Dwayne is a great uh, fit for what they need right now in terms of offensive firepower don't get me wrong but the steady ship of like a reliable point guard that campaign provides as well is just something that they're going to be missing when either Paul or or, or pain is out, and right now you can see it with pain out. The uh, the need for an on the ball, create your own shot kind of number two scoring option. I think it, it's it's been profound from the very start of the season. I'm curious your thoughts on how do they address this? It, it, there's a lot of moving pieces. You've got a new owner who has to be approved. You've got a trade deadline. You've got a an all star break, and then you've got a mad dash to the finish line. What might this look like? Yeah, I, I wrote about this on ArizonaSports.com and. Just- just the, the whole uh, notion of how the Suns have been so patient. Now are they going to be urgent all of a sudden that Devin Booker's out? And, and I kind of wrote about it in a, in a different way, sort of looking at how... Uh, 
I think that your view, my view of the team has changed a lot in the last couple of weeks. I wanted to give Chris Paul as much time as possible, and I still am. I wrote in the column myself. Like, he, look, we might see the point guard come back at some point, but we saw that third quarter last night where he really controlled the game for seven minutes. It was like, that's the guy. That's the guy we haven't seen all yeah. year. We've been waiting for that guy to show up. Sure, physically it might not look exactly the same, but he scored or assisted 20 of their first 24 points, and that to me is a type of game flow and just like taking over a game. They were down by 19 in the first half. All of a sudden, he does that, snaps his fingers. It's a one-point game when when he got it down to that Damian Lee three. So I think that that type of guy is what they need right now, but we haven't seen that consistently enough. And then this kind of comes back to something I wrote about in the offseason where I worried if the Suns were trying too hard to juggle two windows at once. And what I mean by that is the Chris Paul window right now, and then the future three, five, seven years down the line they're looking at with Booker, Bridges, Aiden, and Johnson. And I just worry that they're trying too hard to keep both of those windows active sort of at the same time. And now I'm starting to wonder if the better choice is to just do what they've been doing, which is looking forward to those three, five, seven years just with the way that Chris has played this year. But they they know far better than us watching him internally and and, and having all their numbers, their analytics and everything just with how Paul's body is, is at and where his body truly is at right now. Um, I mean, he had a big rap on his left leg after the day after that injury. He wasn't on the injury report, of course. Like We don't, we don't know the injury <laughs> status of him, but they know far better than we do. So looking at him uh, across the next kind of couple of weeks, I, I think it's really important because I do wonder, like, the type of... I, I was the person chatting from the rooftops, like, yes, trade two slightly protected, maybe one unprotected first-round picture, Kyle Kuzma. Like, you need that type of guy. And that was before he had a really, really good year this year. But now, that type of move where Kuzma could leave in, in four months, like, I, I don't know anymore. I don't, I don't know if it's the best idea. Interesting. How, how concerning with the inconsistency on defense? Because certainly, at least, if, if you're not scoring greatly, at least if you're keeping the game close, anything can happen in the fourth quarter. And how much you, can you wrap up, you know, two games on the road that's always tough. I know we, Dan and I had a discussion about the the no excuses crowd, but sometimes, hey, there are reasons that things happen. So how important is that, that consistency to be a lot better on defense, obviously, than they were last night? It's important, and I'm glad you really brought it up because as much as I just kind of made that sound like my answer was about Chris, it's I think it's just as much to do with how they don't look like the same overall team that they did two years ago. Just like the edge and relentlessness that they had on a night-to-night basis, that's how they won six. 64 games, but that's how they were just uh, the way that Monty has kind of phrased it, like the prey-predator thing. And I remember going into last year, uh, a lot of us were really high on this team, and I picked them to win 60-plus games, and a lot of smart people who've watched the sport a very long time were like, well, now they're the hunted, and, and it's just a different ball game when you're being hunted, and this team just handled it with, like, they were like, okay, we don't care that every team is coming in trying to knock our head off, knowing who we are, knowing we're a contender, and they won 64 games. It, it seems like there's a year late reaction on it now where now they're starting to see the effects of teams really trying to gun for them every single night it's been bizarre to watch but that's to the point of the defense like you just can't they, they turned it off for three minutes last night and then the game's over again it's like you guys work so hard to come back you get down a hole for, for 19 down yeah. because the defense is sagging then you guys start to pick it up a bit in the third quarter mm-hmm. and then two minutes you just kind of turn the ball over a bit and then the game's over like that's that's how fast you can lose games in the NBA when you do not have a good defense and, and they just have a bad defense right now. They're, I believe they're now bottom five in the league since the 10-game mark in terms of defensive rating. Yeah, That's not the team that we knew. We knew this team is a better defensive team than an offensive team, but, but it hasn't been close this year and has 
a lot to do with their regression. I, I, I guess I would phrase this. That's a favorite word of Arizona sports fans is here. Oh, <laughs> regression. Regression. Oh, the, brother. Oh, oh, brother is right. And, and you astutely pointed out that even McHale is not at the level he was last year defensively when he was getting a lot of accolades and, and a lot of consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. How much of this is the camaraderie that isn't what it used to be? Yeah, I really, if I had one question that I could get answered in terms of all the unknowns surrounding this team, all the Game 7 stuff and all that, I would love to talk to Jay Crowder for 10 minutes and see why he wanted to leave. Yeah. I, I don't want to say that he was on to something when he decided to leave, but you just look at what specifically this team has been missing right now with what I mentioned. You can't say it is not just because Jay Crowder left. It is not the number one reason in the 47 reasons you would rank, but it's one of them that he's not here. He was the leader vocally of that defense. And and you watch Jay Crowder play defense like Suns fans did over the last two years. You watch where his hands are. You watch where he's pointing off the ball. Like The tiniest of details he always had down defensively. And that's exactly what this team is missing. It's just the word that they keep coming back to when we ask them about it is staying connected. And Jay's the guy on the weak side barking out at everyone, making sure they stay connected. If, if you weren't connected last position, guess who's coming up to you before Monty or Chris do? It's Jay. Jay. And he's yeah. talking to anyone about it. He's telling Book that. He's telling Mikel that. He's telling DeAndre that. He doesn't care. And, and he's gone right now and I, I do feel like they miss his impact a little bit but it's just it's just it's just been weird to watch them defensively specifically because like you said Mikel has been down a little bit I think DeAndre has been down a little bit there I think Tory Craig has been down there a little bit it just seems like there's been like a steady decline for them defensively and I can't really put my finger on why exactly but I have a few theories as you can tell yeah, yeah no those are all good theories how much perhaps with Mikhail especially is being counted on yeah. in his mind more for offense that that's affecting the game on the other side yeah, the crazy thing about Mikel is so many guys come into the league and they were the guy on their college teams. And you guys watch those Villanova teams just like me. Like, there is no guy on, on a Villanova team. <laughs> no, you're right. There, there just isn't. So he was a guy taking 9, 10, 11 shots in college just like just like he was before. And I think the way that – I think at one point he pretty much phrases it as, like, this is the first time I've really done this on a basketball team before and kind of been the dude and, and been, like, the man for certain stretches of a game where he's handling the ball and initiating offense. So for him to do that midseason, it's going to be adjustment for him. I mean, he played the most minutes of anyone last year. We all know about the Ironman streak, the advanced analytics that the NBA.com tracking data has. Like, he covered more distance on the court than anyone else because you think about him chasing around Damian Lillard, John Murray, and all that. No one else in the league at his size does what he does in terms of covering ball handlers the way he did. And now he turns it around and shoots 15 shots a game. Yeah, he's going to shoot 35% for a dozen games. Like, that's to be expected to some effect. But also, at the same time, he's on a new fresh contract extension. This is what they need out of him. They need him to be their second or third best player on offense nearly every night right now. And and he's just not capable of it right now. But I'm interested to see if he is in two to three months. We talked about this remember three months ago. Oh, yeah. like, yes, play through DeAndre more, play through Mikel more. There are going to be growing pains. So it looks like sometimes. Yeah. All right. Lastly, the, the the predator prey thing really struck me when Monty said that because visually you see that you see some teams whether it's Boston or Memphis and the Suns are getting pushed around a lot and there's not a lot of visual respect that they're being given. How profound is that? That's I'm sure that's also tied to Jay Crowder. On yeah, some level. and and I think that every team kind of needs to have that pushback a little bit right now. And I don't think it's absent from them necessarily, but you can let your game do the talking a lot, and that's mostly what they 
they did last year. Like last year, they weren't in many scuffles or kerfuffles or anything like that. They let their game do the talking. Like Devin's jawing at everyone in the first four rows, and then he's looking at the bench. Mikel's holding up the three in front of their bench. Like they have their ways of like getting their respect back, and it's just by beating you. But when you're 20 and 16, it's a lot harder and more difficult for them to do it right now. And and I think a lot of it, Dan, kind of goes back to that kind of attitude that they built up for themselves last year. Everyone's talking about the Grizzlies right now, and rightfully so, because they jaw at anyone. This is what happens when you jaw at anyone, is is the Warriors look at yeah. you and they're like, oh, we're going to get you back. Oh, yeah. You think you're 23 years old and you can come into this league and, and talk, talk, talk like to that? me like that? Yeah. Uh. No. And it's not just the players. Like it, Steve Kerr, like that whole staff, like everything. And, and the Suns are kind of in that similar position right now where they see that they're wounded a bit and they're like, oh, we're going to get you guys back. You guys yeah. were talking to us last year it. and everything. We're going to yeah. get you back. That Great. number, 16 losses real quick. Wasn't didn't wasn't 18. only eighteen last all last, 18 year. last yeah. year. That's yeah. pretty yeah. crazy. Quite different. KO, great stuff as always. Thank you, my man. Thanks, guys.